You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney Podcast on Rivals.com with your host, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell. I could be moving from my office to being one of those absolute degenerates that smells like moldy cheese and death. And national recruiting analyst, Adam Gorney. Grover isn't around as much, but uh, Oscar the Grouch is still around a lot. Elmo has taken a prominent role. I mean, he's like the main character. That's right. Another edition of the Godfather and Gorney podcast. My name is Dave Barry, and I'm joined by the stars of the show, Mike Farrell and Adam Gorney. Guys, we had a, a wild weekend of college football. We had coaches fighting. Nebraska found themselves another way to lose a football game. Uh, but first, we're going to start off with a big matchup in the SEC, LSU knocking off Georgia. Uh, Mike, first, give me your thoughts on that game. Yeah, we'll get to Michigan and Wisconsin as well here pretty soon because that was a big game as well. But um, LSU jumping back into the top five um, with a big victory over Georgia. Have you written your apology to Ed Orgeron yet, Corny? <laughs> I, I'm crafting it as we speak right now. I'm, I'm trying to find the right words, but I definitely owe him an apology because we talked about this and we said, ooh, could lose at Auburn, could lose, you know, lost at Florida, which we were right on, but... Could lose to Georgia, could lose to Mississippi State, could lose to Alabama, and, and they dominated that game against Georgia. So a lot of credit to LSU and a lot of credit to Ed O. Yeah, three. We what, what would you say, three and four possibly at this stage of the season? Yeah, yeah, that's what we were talking about. We could be there, yeah. That shows how much we know. Um, I thought that game was the best game that LSU has played all year. Dominated on the offensive side of the ball. Ran the ball at will against a really good Georgia defense. And then defensively, I mean, they've got a lot of playmakers on that defense. I mean, from the defensive line to our guy, Richard Lawrence, to Devin White at the linebacker position, to Greedy Williams at the defensive back, they're absolutely loaded. Um, and they just took care of things. The biggest thing was that, you know, they couldn't run the ball. Georgia couldn't run the ball. They did, they, I think they ended up with 113 yards or something like that. And, when he can't run the ball, it makes Jake Fromm look a whole lot less attractive as a pro quarterback. Uh, he really looked very average overall against that defense. Yeah, and uh, I thought it was, speaking of how much we know, Devin White, maybe the best linebacker in the fullback. country. Number one fullback in the country. Remember how slow yeah. he was? Yeah, he was not what he is today, that's for sure. Well, remember, he came um, out of... Like eighth grade as the next Leonard Fournette, he was a running back. Yeah, he was a freak. He was built like a like like he is now, basically in ninth grade, and he was supposed to be the next Fournette, even better than Fournette as a running back. Then he just get kept get, get bigger and more muscular and stronger, and for those Joe Rogan fans, round and muscular. Um, but he just kept getting bigger and slower and no quick twitch ability and, and turned like a battleship. And it's like, what do we do with this guy? You know, we, we liked him. We kept him as a four star and we rarely have four star fullbacks. Um, because yeah. we knew that he could turn into something, but there was some talk that he could be a defensive lineman, even a defensive tackle because he was like six foot nothing. Uh, 250 pounds at one point. So you figure you get him in a weight room and get him in the, uh, you know, on the training table 
you bulk him up to 285 and he's a defensive tackle. So he was a very, very hard evaluation. I'm glad we kept him at four stars when he's drafted as the top linebacker in the draft coming up, and he could very well be. Then we'll chalk another one up for us as a four-star guy. But that was the reason we kept him as four stars, but certainly was not an easy evaluation. Um, Greedy? What really surprised I'm sorry. What really surprised me in that game, though, Mike, was Georgia's lack of playmaking ability, and that's why losing Jaden Hazelwood was such a big loss for them, and trying to get him back is going to be huge because Riley Ridley was average. Isaac nodded. They just don't throw the ball enough to him, and he had a drop. Fromm looked average. Mecole Hardman was taken out of the game. You know, it's just not an offense that's super, super explosive and against a great defense like LSU, and I'll say great. I won't say elite. But I'll say great. Uh, not good, but great. Not elite. Um, they really did not do much offensively. Uh, the, the the fake field goal call was an awful call. I mean, you think Rodrigo Blankenship's going to run 23 yards or whatever he had to run against that LSU defense? That was terrible. Um, it just did not seem like the Georgia team we had seen all year. And once they got kind of punched in the mouth a little bit, they didn't have any answers offensively. And credit to LSU's defense. Yeah, and it's interesting that we talk about lack of explosion because they've got Demetrius Robertson, they've got McCole Hardman, they've got Terry Godwin. These are all former yeah. five-star guys who are small, and that's why Hazelwood hurts because they don't have a big guy. Ridley, you mentioned, is their sort of big receiver, but he's not that big. He's an average-sized guy, and he's certainly not his brother. Um, they need guys that have size. You can't run around with all these little slot receivers and you know hope they can make people miss. And it's just such a difficult job for a quarterback to hit those guys in stride when you're talking about small passing windows. Um, it was interesting to see Fields come in, but he didn't do much. They didn't even let him throw. Well, that's the weird thing because Fields is a very good passer, and they've just limited him so dramatically to – to being just this kind of wildcat quarterback option, and and I don't understand why. I mean, he's not a guy that has ever struggled throwing the ball. He put up big numbers. He's very impressive throwing the ball, and they're just using him as this different option from Fromm, and I just don't get why they can't just bring him in and use him like a regular quarterback. He'll probably transfer because he's upset that they're not letting him throw the ball. Mm -hmm. You know how these quarterbacks are. They're all ridiculous. You know. They feel everything is a slight towards them, but I, I was surprised, too, that they didn't let him throw the ball or at least do some of those infamous RPOs that everybody is talking about these days where, you know, you get the run-pass option and you just keep them off balance. But everybody knew yeah. when he came in the game, he was either going to run or hand off. That was it. Yep. yep. Run or pitch it at the very least. So LSU, though, you can't take anything away from him. Joe Burrow is a leader. He's got moxie. He's definitely different than the quarterbacks they've had there over the last few years. Not talent-wise. I, I don't think he's an overly talented quarterback. Um, I, I don't no. think he's overly accurate. I just think he's a tough kid who will do what it takes. I mean, obviously he had a big run in a key situation. Um, he just is smart and tough, and he'll keep you in the game. Um, we saw him throw the picks against Florida where he sort of failed in his fourth quarter comeback attempt. But he's not a guy that I don't think is going to win from behind. But when you get a lead and you can run the football like they did, Joe Burrow is a great quarterback and a great game manager. 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, he won that job. He transferred in and won the job, and credit to him. And game manager, he's a guy that's not going to uh, blow anybody away. And I still have my reservations about what happens in on November 3rd. And for LSU fans, uh, I think that's all that matters to them is beating Alabama. And if they do that... Um, I still think at Texas A&M could be a tough game for them. So uh, I, I, I might have to pen a second letter to Ed Orgeron of apology. Um, uh, if, if he could get through November unscathed, I don't think Mississippi State's going to be all that easy this weekend. So uh, coming off a big win over Georgia, they have to get ready for a, a tough, a very tough Mississippi State defense. Maybe the best defense they've faced, especially in the front four all, all year, um, and then have a bye before Alabama, which... Um, and I'm sure we'll be eating crow on this one, though, but looks untouchable. I mean, they are so good. <laughs> They're so good. So we'll see what happens. A very, very, very big win for them. Uh, Georgia went in there and got their butt handed to them, and uh, I will be crafting my letter of apology today, and you should too. A second draft. I did. Just I in did case. my first one. It went out today. Yeah, but you should no, do a second one just, second just, one just in case. Not my first one was fine. <laughs> you should apologize to Jim Harbaugh because he's the man. and He is the man. I don't care that he hasn't finished higher than what, fourth? Is that what it is? Third. Third. Third, third hasn't division. finished higher than third. But they took care of Wisconsin. I picked Wisconsin to win that game outright. The line kind of screwed with me a little bit because it was, what, eight and a half? And I'm like, it was it, it finished at ten, that's way like, high. 10. And I was like, what do they know that we don't know? Well, what they know exactly. is that Wisconsin is not a very good football team. What they know is that Alex Hornibrook is a horrible quarterback, as I've said for what they the last three years. Um, they can't throw the ball because he's a lefty. Because these lefties don't play well. I know two is two a lefty. Two is a lefty, but you're talking about the rare exception. You know, that's like oh, people okay. who tell me that Steve Young was a lefty. Yeah, but or that every small white wide receiver is the next Julian Edelman or something. Yeah, like it's that. like ninety nine percent of lefty quarterbacks stink. If you want to pull out yeah. Jim Zorn, Jim Zorn and, and and Steve Young and guys who had success at the NFL level, Tim Tebow had he didn't have any success at the NFL level. Took the Broncos to the playoffs. He did, and he won a game. Yeah, you want to talk about a guy who got screwed. His oh, religious yeah. beliefs ruined his career, but we won't get into that because if we start getting into oh, religion on here, we've got problems. But Michigan's up to number six now. Um, can they run the table? That's a big question. I mean, Ohio State's the game everybody looks to, but don't they still have Michigan State and Penn State? Yeah, Michigan State has been their daddy the last couple of years, and... Uh, you know, they proved that they could go anywhere and win. And, and they, they, they beat the uh, great Penn State team. Well, they they beat they won the last 19 seconds of the game, well, let's say that. Yeah, was, listen. Well, we could talk Penn State. You're looking to go great to elite, and you, you're, you're pretty <laughs> average is what you are. <laughs> I know. Uh, Michigan-Wisconsin. I thought Michigan played great, especially without Rashawn Gary in the game. It's almost like when one of your top guys go goes down, the the players step up even more. and So I, I'm not going to say Rashawn Gary being out of that game helped Michigan's defense by any means, but it certainly got them on edge more. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor had some nice runs, but was largely kept in check. And, you know, Michigan is not idiots. Don Brown is maybe the best defensive coordinator in the game. 
I love him and how he coaches the defense. And he made Alex Hornibook throw the ball, and it didn't work. He's a, not a good quarterback, and that's if Wisconsin had someone who was. If Wisconsin had Joe Burrow, if Wisconsin had someone who could throw the ball to receivers and not make mistakes and throw the ball into the ground and not find anybody and throw late and all the things that Hornybrook does, um, I thought they could have went in there and won the game, gone in there and won the game. But uh, Michigan was great. The offense is purring, Mike. It's Shea Patterson's offense. Karan Higdon is very good. It's almost like defenses have to respect Shea Patterson, so Karan Higdon has bigger running lanes. Um, you know, that Zach Gentry, the former quarterback from New Mexico, is uh, a good option at tight end. Don, they're finally using Donovan Peoples-Jones. Nico Collins is a big wide receiver. Can they run the table? I don't know. At Michigan State this weekend, that game's a, that game's a noon game. That's so disappointing. That should be the, that should be the nightcap no, game. No, 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 no. See, I would like having a good noon game because the noon games usually suck. You like the nooner game? I like noon games. I like a good 3.30 SEC battle. And then I like a couple of good night games. But you got to have a noon game. Otherwise, what are you watching? Yeah, but out here it's 9 a.m. Well, that's your problem. It's not mine. Yeah, I know. That noon is, here. It is my problem. On the real, real coast, it's noon. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I do agree with I don't that. Know. I but do yeah, Michigan with a big victory there. That, that was. Important, especially what was he two and eight against top fifteen teams? Yeah, it was it was bad, and and uh, there was something else, some other bad stat for Harbaugh. Oh, zero oh and five when game day was there. Yes, that's true as well. So that wasn't good. The team I'm worried about, up to number yes. seven in the country, is Texas. Now they're. With you, with your horror. Wait, you st- you just said they were back. Now, they are now back, not but back. I'm worried because Ellinger is hurt. He's got a shoulder sprain, and your horrible West Virginia team proved how horrible they are. So yeah, that that there was you go really with that. A, a crushing defeat. You had them as the number one team in the Big Twelve, which was a joke. They looked well. Who is Texas? They beat Oklahoma. They hardly beat Baylor. Yeah, but they beat Oklahoma. Doesn't matter. Oklahoma okay, right. was the clear number one. Right? No doubt about it. Yes. No doubt who about it. Who beat them? Texas. So who becomes the clear number one? West Virginia. Texas. West Virginia looked oh, horrible okay. against Iowa State. It was just awful. Hey. It's embarrassing. Iowa State, has, oh, it's tough to play there. As stupid as it yeah, sounds, it's, it's tough, tough to play, to play there. there. Oklahoma has struggled there. 30, Texas has struggled there. raging fans <laughs> named Iowa. It's real tough to beat there. To play there. I know they've won three games against top six opponents over the last few years, but there's no way you lose that game if you're West Virginia. And I love the way... How about this stat? was like, this is the worst offensive performance I've seen in 30 years of coaching. 30 years. It was. It was. West Virginia. West Virginia. The the offensive juggernaut. Will Greer. David Sills. Gary Jennings. Marcus Sims. I could go on and on. 52 yards rushing, 100 yards passing the that's, whole game. It's almost impossible yards. to do in college football. It is almost impossible. I know. It's almost impossible. Yeah. So they were horrible. Texas is up two spots to number seven. They are now well within playoff range. But. That's crazy. But with Bouchelle, they're just not a very good football team offensively. So they need Elliger back. Um, they barely beat Baylor. And that was the problem. I think if he's hurt for a long time, 
And again, it's a shoulder sprain, so it's not like it's a rotator cuff or anything like that. Or, um, But I don't know. He, he better come back because Bouchelle, watching Bouchelle, I know he threw that big pass to Colin Johnson, but watching Bouchelle run that offense is like, it's, it's kind of ugly. All right, Mike. This is the number seven team in the country. And they've, they've won games, so I'll give them credit. They're 6-1. and one. I'll give them credit for that. Beat Baylor by six, Oklahoma by three, at Kansas State by five. You're telling me Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Iowa State, they won't lose to Kansas. But in some way there that they don't lose one of those close games, I find it hard to believe they're 11-1 and going to the Big 12 championship. No, I don't think they're going to either. I don't think they're going to – I think the Pac-12 is out. I think – Yes. And I think the Big 12 is out. And I think if Notre Dame runs the table, which they looked horrible against Pitt, I mean, horrible. Yep. Um, they've got some serious offensive line issues to deal with there. You know, they're certainly missing those two guys from last year. The right tackles hurt. They, they've got a lot of problems on that offensive line. Um, but if Notre Dame runs the table because they don't have a lot of good teams left on their schedule, they're in. Big 12's out. Pac-12's out. Pac-12's out, period. They have a 4% chance, I saw on ESPN, 4% chance of making the playoff now. Yeah, Oregon's the final hope. And, and they don't play I, any I don't ranked teams. I don't think they have a ranked team left on their schedule. Yeah, I don't think they can climb through this, what's what's going on up top. No, here. they're done. Look at these yeah. five stars going down. Porter Gustin out for the season. Congo for Tennessee yeah. out for the season. Out for the season, what's yeah. What's wrong with these guys? So many injuries. It's crazy. What's wrong with... Porter Gustin has struggled through injuries his entire career at USC. That's because he's from where? Utah. There you go. You don't play anybody. Yeah. Nobody hits you. You get to college, and all of a sudden you're hurt every two seconds. Right. All right. So why is ESPN's college game day in Pullman? The big Washington State Oregon Oregon tilt. That's why. No good games this weekend. Yeah, there must be there must be nothing. It's their first time there, huh? It's the first time they're going. Isn't the Washington State flag old crimson? Been yeah, that's that's the big waving thing. at game day for two hundred and some odd straight times or something like that. I wonder what Herb Street has to do because is he calling that game on ABC? Is that the ABC night game next week? It can't I hope be. Not. Well, Herb Street is known to, he's been known to do game day and then fly to his destination the same day. Right, I was going to say, though, but getting to from Pullman anywhere that's is very well, that's difficult. True. That's true. Maybe it is their game. I think it is. It is. That is That is going to be bad ratings there, boy. Yeah, well, speaking of bad ratings, did you watch the Miami-UVA game? No, I didn't. I didn't watch one snap of it, and I'll tell you why. Because after I tried to watch the Miami-Florida State game, the biggest rivalry in all of sports, I uh, almost fell asleep. I was happy I didn't because it looked like Miami slept, walked through a second week. What's going on there? I mean, that's that's a joke. Well, who's, who's the, out of these two teams, who's the bigger disappointment, Miami or Auburn? Oh, jeez. I'd say Auburn. They're 4-3. and three. No votes. No votes after they lost to Tennessee. Miami no. also out of the top 25 overall. Now, we're talking yeah. about a team in Auburn that was expected to challenge for the SEC West. We're talking oh, about yeah. a team in Miami 
that was supposed to be a lock for, what is it, the Coastal? Yeah, absolutely. And for the preseason magazines had them top four, top five in the country. Yep. And they're both horrible. Just awful yeah. football teams. So, I don't know. These are two of the most overrated coaches, I think, in college football as well, right? Well, I mean, look at what Kirby did in his first year at Georgia, second year at Georgia. And, you know, Mark Richt had that program going basically nowhere, treading water for a lot of years. Um, I think that speaks to what's going on there. Miami can't figure out its quarterback situation. It looked like Malik Rogier played a whole lot again. Uh, you know, that that's a team with a lot of talent in, in the backfield and at receiver, and they just can't. It seems like they literally don't want to move the ball fast at all, and they have all the players to do exactly that. Um, Auburn's defense is playing great. I, I can't, you know, I can't uh, knock them too much, but... Stidham, I don't know if Stidham is just not a very good football player and everybody hyped him up to be, or if Gus Malzahn is ruining him because he's been terrible. Uh, That offense looks like hot garbage if we're bringing that back. Are we bringing it back? Ooh, that's some hot garbage. That was was a disgraceful performance against Tennessee. Honestly, not a very good Tennessee football team. I'm going to laugh out loud a little bit about Jared Stidham because we had Stidham as a four-star coming out of high school, as we should, going to Baylor. He originally committed to Texas Tech. Um, Yes. Then he decided to transfer, sat in the classroom, didn't play football. And all the Auburn fans wanted us to reevaluate him, make him a five star, like our competition did, for for yes. doing nothing, for absolutely doing for nothing. doing nothing. He com- for literally not playing football. I mean, he played a little bit of Baylor, uh, but then he went off to community college, took some courses, did not play a down of football, and the the complaints of him not being a five star were the loudest I've heard in years, years and years and years. And Where are those people now, I wonder? I don't know. I think they're the ones complaining about how Jared Stidham sucks. I think they're the same, same <laughs> exactly. ones. Exactly. Because if, if you go on the Auburn board, all it is about how Jared Stidham sucks. Now, I'm not saying that the kid deserves the hate that he's getting or sucks, but when they wanted us to just give him five stars for no reason, to improve from a four-star to a five-star for sitting in, in classes at a community college... And we took a lot of heat for that. I mean, you, you lot. Know. I remember those email oh threads. Yes, God. it was. There were like quite heavy. physical threats involved there, where Auburn fans were like, you know, if this was an Alabama commitment, you would have made him a five star. Blah 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 blah. That's why we stick to our guns. He was a transfer. He never played a down of football between Baylor and Auburn, so we don't rank transfers. And now he's played horribly. Um, I had a bet with somebody on the Auburn site last year that he would not lead the SEC in passing yards, and that was just the best, mm-hmm. the bet. You know, it was like he would not lead it. I had the whole field. I had 11 right. other quarterbacks, and they had Stidham. That person lost, of course, because Drew Locke put up crazy numbers, and they had to put up a avatar of my face um, <laughs> for a full three months. It was awesome. But... But nice. I'm not here to crow about failures and laugh at people who no. make fun of us and 
we've had plenty of failures ourselves. Threaten our lives and do other crazy things because we didn't make a kid a five star. I'm just saying that Gus is on the hot seat, maybe the warm seat because his buyout is so ridiculous. I mean, they just gave him an extension last year with so much money tied into a buyout. Uh, but he's on the warm seat. I would say if anybody, there's two guys that have really put themselves on the hot seat this season more than anybody else, and mm-hmm. one of them is Gus, and the other one is Bobby Petrino. Yeah. And, and just as we get to Bobby Petrino, I do, I do want to point this out, Mike, and it's it's a crazy stat. Ryan Davis is the top receiver at Auburn, 36 catches. No touchdowns in seven games. The top receiver at Auburn is averaging 44 yards per game. That's horrible. That's horrible. That's horrible. And, and this, you know, this is really also Gus's offense. It's not a passing yeah, offense. Oh, it's not a quarterback-friendly offense. It's hard to develop as a quarterback under Gus. I mean, Cam right. Newton wasn't really a great passing quarterback. He was just a guy who was so physically gifted that, you know, he could run that zone read, and the zone read kept everybody off balance, and then he could throw the ball. But when you look at Cam Newton, he's had one good year in the NFL, and that's about it. Um, He's a physically gifted kid, but it's not like Gus made him into a superstar. He carried that team uh, through the national championship, but... It wasn't like he was sitting in the pocket picking people apart. And I don't know. I don't think Gus, as an offensive mind, is really as impressive as some people think. No. not Definitely not an offensive mind worth a $32 million buyout. I'll tell you that. Yeah. That's, maybe, 30, maybe $32. That's crazy. $32 million. But, so they're going to have to that's stick insane. with him for at least another couple years. and. I'm not so sure about that. We'll see. I mean, they've always kind of had him on the hot seat unless he was I know, winning. but that's he so has, much money. They don't care. They have, they have plenty of donors. Mm, still a lot. $32 million is a lot. When's the last time you saw a $32 million buyout? Yeah, It I just know. doesn't happen that way. I know. For a guy with two 10-win seasons. You I mean, s- you just, stick with the guy. Insane. If they suck next year, maybe you get rid of them. This year you just chalk up to a bad year, but I think he's there for two more years, and Auburn fans are going to be very upset with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk Louisville. Two and five. Horrible. Got blown out by by your Boston College Horrible. football Eagles. Horrible. Without Got without bl- AJ blown Dillon. out by Georgia Tech. Without AJ Dillon, right? Horrible. And without some of their receivers who had been hurt too. Unbelievable. Um. Got blown out by Georgia Tech the week before. And Georgia Blew Tech's it against uh, Florida sub-500 State. football team. Yeah. Uh, blew it against Florida State. Scored three points against Virginia. Does this speak to just how good Lamar Jackson was for saving Bobby Petrino's butt yes. the last couple yes. of years? Or? Yes. Without him, they suck. That's all there yeah. is to it. Oh, yeah, they, they do. Yeah. I don't know if they have a win left because Wake Forest is... Not great, but certainly a competitive team. That game should be at least close, I would imagine. They're going to lose to Clemson at Syracuse. That's a team that can score NC State, Kentucky. And here's the thing. If you're a a crappy quarterback, should you really have a nickname? No, you should not have a nickname. And if you can't pass the ball. And if you can't pass the ball, if you can't pass the ball, should your last name be passed? No No one's happier than that. (laughs) <laughs> Woody Womack, the guy. 
No, he's he he knows. He's so happy because yeah. he thought Puma Pass stunk. Puma Pass. He did. He, he <laughs> How stunk. stupid is that? Yeah, and uh, he's being proven correct, and that whole team stinks. And I'm not sure what they're going to do with Petrino. I'm not sure what his buyout is. Uh, I'm not sure if he gets fired at the end of this season. I just know that that program is absolutely going nowhere, and it doesn't help that Kentucky's doing well. Because that's who you're right. compared to. Even though you're in different conferences, you're going to be compared to Kentucky and how they're doing, and they're moving forward and developing, and you're going backwards. And Lamar Jackson is a great college quarterback, but obviously not a great pro quarterback because he's still the only first-rounder who hasn't broken in and won the starting job. Everybody else. How, how, bad is, how bad are these numbers, Mike? Jawan Puma Pass... 54% completion rate, six touchdowns, eight interceptions. That's a good year. You should definitely have a nickname. That's... But your nickname should be Crap. Crap Pass. Or Can't Pass. Can't, can't pass. pass? That's a good one. <laughs> Suck it passing. <laughs> Suck, Suck it. pass. <laughs> Suck. So let's go through our little uh, shine and shame real quick. We, we talked about Michigan, so we hit that. Shea Patterson, 81-yard run. Was that Was that what I saw? I thought so. He's he's changing the Michigan offense, and credit Pep Hamilton. It, it's really a delicate balance because Pep Hamilton, Michigan's offensive coordinator, and Jim Harbaugh, who's involved, it, it seems like, or is at least looking at a play sheet, um, has kept Michigan's offense identity the same, and I hate the word identity when it always is talked about, but the, they do want to pound the ball a little bit, but they are letting him do some things, and, and, it, and it's working for them, so... Shine on Michigan. I love Michigan football. LSU gave them some shine. Obviously, they deserved it, especially in the trenches, dominating on offense. The offensive line looks good. Defensive line looks good. Um, Just a lot of talent on that football team. Oregon gave them a little bit of love because Herbert made some amazing passes. Did you see that that throw in the end zone on the roll? He's rolling out to the opposite side. He's rolling to his left. And he's throwing with his right arm. Just made an amazing pass there. Another great pass on the third down. Guy is making NFL money every week as we watch him and break him down. Washington, just I can't figure them out. They haven't beaten anybody this year resoundingly like they used to. Uh, They're playing down to opponents. They had a chance to win that football game. They blew it. Um, yeah, they're, they're just they just killed the Pac-12, but Oregon certainly deserves it. Iowa State we talked about big victory over West Virginia, although West Virginia did look really bad, and I'm not sure it was the Cyclones defense that did that. I think they just came out flat. Michigan State up and down season, but beating Penn State, so no great to elite. How about average to great? How about average to good? Try to be average to good. That maybe that's Penn State's new goal. Uh, Felton Davis, very impressive in that game. That kid can't be stopped. Speaking of can't be stopped, though, did you see K.J. Hill against uh, Minnesota with Ohio State? Yeah, huge numbers, and Dwayne Haskins has like three or four very talented receivers to throw the ball to. It's helping his stats. I think he has 28 touchdown passes now. K.J. Hill could not be stopped against the Golden Gophers. Alabama... Even though they had to kick field goals and punt the ball actually once or twice, still destroying a Missouri team that's not a bad football team, 39-10. to 10. 
Alabama played a poor game, lost some people to injury, and still destroyed them. I don't know who's going to beat Alabama. Virginia with the upset over Miami. Uh, Tennessee, we talked about them beating Auburn. Tennessee's not a very good football team, but that was an important win for Jeremy Pruitt. Texas A&M continues to win close games. Uh, I think that's Jimbo and his coaching. I think that's Calamond as he matures. He had a really big game, 350 yards or something throwing. USC, Colorado. What about that? I wasn't surprised by that. Again, a line that was Colorado comes in 5-0, and USC 3-2. and USC was seven-point favorites. Uh, and so that tells me USC will blow them out. Just like it, the, the Michigan-Wisconsin line told me Michigan minus 10. This is going to be a low-scoring, drag-em-out kind of 17-13 kind of game. And uh, no, if, if that line is set, it's for the schmucks to take Wisconsin plus 10. And Michigan should have blown them out. The schmucks. And then <laughs> rounding it out, we go to shame. Shame on West Virginia. I think they were my first shame because they were just awful. Wisconsin didn't play a tough game, didn't play a physical game. Hornybrook blows. Um, not really sure what to think about them. Georgia, bad game against LSU. Couldn't pass the ball at all, couldn't run the ball. Just horrible as well. Penn State, Notre Dame. Notre Dame deserves shame for playing that close to Pitt. I mean, come on. Pitt's not a good football team. And Pitt's defense is not very good, and to score 19 points is not great at all. Florida's defense looked horrible against Vanderbilt. That was ugly. Texas looked ugly against Baylor, so they're on shame. Miami, Auburn, we talked about them. Two of the most disappointing teams in college football. South Carolina losing another tough game. Nebraska, let's talk about how bad they are. That looked like a team, and I watched that game for some reason because I think that was one of the early games and there was not much else on. So I was forced to watch Nebraska-Northwestern, which is not a thriller by any stretch. Um, They looked like they don't know how to win a game to close it out. It looked like they kind of wanted to lose that game. It was very strange how they just let Northwestern back in and Scott Frost maybe made a little bit of a questionable call at the end punting and... Uh, I, I don't know. I, Scott Frost, again, after the game, was saying, uh, you know, go make a play defense and, and all that kind of stuff, and enough's enough. I mean, Nebraska is not a very good football team, but they're not so bad that they can't go to Northwestern and, and win a game. Um, they won games last year. It's not like they're, they have nobody remaining. Adrian Martinez is at least equal to what Tanner Lee did. I just can't figure out how they continue to lose games, uh, in and 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 in that fashion, it was very very bad. Yeah, and I did you see somebody already wrote about the buyout? <laughs> oh, here we go. They're they're never getting rid of him. He could lose twelve games for the next five years. They're not going to get rid of him. Yeah, so I think they they had an article about what it would cost to buy out Scott Frost and his entire staff and all this other ridiculousness and. They're 0-6. They're horrible. It's an embarrassment. But uh, whoever wrote this article, I think it was maybe USA Today, just doesn't understand college football at all. That you're just not going to get rid of a guy after one year or half a season. It's going to take probably five years to rebuild this Nebraska team. That's how bad they are. And uh, 
it's going to take a full investment by the program in Scott Frost to make sure that happens. I don't think they're going to be good next year. No, and 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 I've I'm, I've just pulled up the article from Steve Berkowitz at USA Today that they would owe Scott Frost twenty six million dollars if they got rid of him. Would owe each, then it would owe him two for the final two years. This is just this is just insane to even consider. This is not going to happen. Um, I don't think they're going to be good next year. I mean, what's good? And that's what we've talked about with them, Mike, is what's good for Nebraska? Uh, is that getting to a bowl game? Is that getting to any bowl game? Is that they're certainly not in any position to even be considered a, a threat in the in the Big Ten West? I mean, um, they're, they're just... They're just not very good. And, and the way that they finished that game against Northwestern, it almost felt like they only know how to lose. And, and they were winning, and they didn't know what to do with themselves. So they just put up a tweet about my article about Coach O. Dear yes. Coach O, I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> ah, that's hilarious. I, I, I still... I'm not a huge believer in LSU, but I can't believe what they've done this season. So, yeah, it is very it's impressive. Well, been... the Miami victory doesn't look nearly as good as it did at the beginning of the season. No, uh, no. But uh, but yeah, Nebraska. I mean, we don't talk too much about horrible football teams, but they're hot garbage. I mean, Ooh, just that's some hot in garbage. That category. At least Jim Mora is off the Schneid. I mean, not Jim Mora. <laughs> Chip Kelly, Chip <laughs> Kelly's off the schneid, inheriting this horrible team from Jim Mora. Um, that was surprising, though. I mean, they beat the crap out of Cal. You know, I I was looking at that game, just kind of preparing for the weekend, and uh, Cal's offense—they're starting Brandon McIlwain at quarterback. I don't—I haven't really followed Cal all that much. Um, the the four fans that that do, I I, I can. Uh, you, you, you know, know I can ask them about them. Yeah, but you know all four of them. I know all four of them. Uh, Brandon McIlwain starting at quarterback there. I don't know what happened to Chase Garbers. I don't know what happened to Ross Bowers, who put up big numbers last year. But that Cal team has been, if we're talking hot garbage, that could be hot garbage. Give it up 37 to UCLA. Justin Wilcox is supposed to have a good defense. He was quite upset after that game on how they played. But Brandon McIlwain had two interceptions. They just don't have a much going offensively there, and uh, you know as UCLA kind of gets more comfortable under Chip Kelly, they do have some players on that team. Um, Josh Kelly, who was a transfer kid, came in and ran for three touchdowns. Um, that was a, a surprising outcome, but I'm not shocked that UCLA won yeah, that game. Yeah, talk about another quarterback that's just not very good is Brandon McIlwain. He was a big deal when he went to South Carolina. I remember he's he's just like five foot ten and a half. And yeah. put up these big numbers in Pennsylvania, and his mom was very involved in the recruiting process, like very, very involved, very involved yes. in his ranking and all this other stuff. And <clears throat> every time we didn't rank the kid, I remember he was a three star, then he went to four star, then he went back to three star. I don't know what he ended up, but um, he ended up a four star so outside the two fifty. Waste of, of, of yeah. the ranking right there, but. You know, then he goes off to South Carolina, doesn't get a chance there, immediately transfers, just like every other quarterback who can't live up to the hype does, and then now he's a gal and awful. I, I, 
I don't know why I, I felt Cal would cover that game. I don't know why. I mean, UCLA yeah, is horrible. I don't know why you do. It's horrible. Yeah, they, they, have, they have certainly suffered through the growing pains of the Chip Kelly era. But uh, Dorian, look at the matchups. Who are you going to take? Dorian Thompson-Robinson or Brandon McIlwain? Who are you going to take? Uh, Caleb Wilson and Theo, uh, what's his name? Theo Howard? Or are you going to take Cal's receivers that you don't know even their names? So they lost by seven to Washington. They lost to a good Fresno State team. They lost to a good Colorado team. They lost to a good Cincinnati team, and they lost to Oklahoma. So UCLA is not great, but they've definitely had not, not the easiest path here to the Cal game. Some big commitments this past week too. You see Hudson big Henry, commitments. Hunter Henry's brother committing to Arkansas, another four-star for Arkansas. That was a big deal. How about Arkansas's recruiting, huh? Number one tight end in the country, doing very very well recruiting wise. Jared Casey going out to your neck of the woods, even though you don't live in Oregon, out in the West Coast, yeah, or really. Kentucky. Originally, people thought he was going to go to Kentucky, but Oregon and Mario Cristobal pulled him in there. That was a good get. Uh, there was one other one, too, that I wanted to mention, recruiting West. Oh, Isaiah Rutherford. Very good. Yeah. Very good pickup for Notre Dame. Continues the Notre Dame DBU tradition. I don't think Notre Dame's ever been mentioned in TV. <laughs> I do think, but Rutherford. I think I do think LSU and Florida and Florida State have been mentioned, but uh, in Texas, but I've never heard Notre Dame. So that's nah, a new one. But good, good call there. They could be getting there. Julian Love, you could start it. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But. <laughs> yeah, recruiting-wise, there's been some big commitments like over the last couple of weeks. Usually this is the time of year where nobody commits. Everybody takes their visits. They all wait till the, you know, now now the early signing period they wait. But there's some guys yeah. that decided to pull the trigger last week that I was surprised about. There were, I think, eight four-stars committed last week. And then this week we've got, you know, I think four more four-stars. So not, not bad at all. It's some Teams continue to roll. As I mentioned, Arkansas is on a roll, doing a very good job. Notre Dame has always recruited well, and they'll continue to recruit well, and that'll help their California efforts. And then Oregon, I think, what are they, number two in the country? Yeah, and uh, maybe three, two. They are three behind Alabama and Texas A&M, but by far blowing out everybody else in the Pac-12. And what they've done really well is they've gotten – They've gotten into Southern California and USC strongholds, like going into modern day and getting Sean Dollars and Jeremiah Cradell and Mace Funa. Uh, that's very impressive. And what I think Cristobal is selling is one Oregon. Everybody wants to go there. They have great facilities and a great game day environment and all that kind of stuff. But he's also selling his, his coaching tree under, not coaching tree, but his uh, his coaching under Nick Saban at Alabama, that he's been at Alabama and he knows how to develop players for the NFL. So he's combined those two things with a very aggressive recruiting style that you don't see out here very often. It's much more just like the culture, laid back. Some would say not very caring about much, but uh, like, like Mike, you would say that, right? Like people out here don't care no, about things don't as care much. I <laughs> don't care about football as much as... Southeast or the Midwest. It's just the way it is. Do we want to talk about, uh, speaking of football, the best high school football game maybe ever. ever was played Saturday night. 
uh, modern day against Bosco, and Bosco blew them out. How could that be the greatest football game ever for the blow? Because Bosco blew them out. <laughs> I saw it. Morning DJ, takeaways, highlights from modern day St. Bosco clash is one of our. If we ever think of, now. if we ever think of moving DJ Uwanga Lele off the number one spot in 2020, you could just pencil him in for for him to never move right there. I'm, I will fight. I will I will quit my job, Mike, if you ever even discuss moving him off number one. Well, it's not like there's a lot of twenty twenty guys that are I mean, Zachary Evans is a good player, but I don't see a running back taking over his spot. But yeah, your takeaways is no. pretty good. People reading horny oh, stuff. So it's Oh that's it's a good. good. Thing you actually went there and didn't waste your time and, but your take two on Gus Malzahn, that's doing very well. Blowing up? Yeah, because I think people really want Gus fired. I think there's a lot of Auburn fans that just want to get rid of this problem that they have, so to speak. Although they were happy with him at the end of last year. Yeah. I don't know. He's a polarizing dude, that one right there. He is. He is. I don't know. It's not a good year for hot seat, though. Very no, it's boring. not. I mean, where are you going to go? I mean, uh, Bowling Green fired their coach yesterday. Whoop-de-doo. Um yeah, that's that was not surprising after the performances that they put in. It's it's funny though that they fired their coach after maybe the best performance of their year, only losing by seven to Western Michigan. Um, but no, I don't think it's going to be a very good year for Hot Seat. That, do we want to go through it very quickly, as in potentially where we could go here with firings? Well, who is there? I mean, there's not a lot of guys. Beatty has done a good job. No, he's yeah, he's not. He's off the hot seat, I think. Orgeron is clearly off the hot seat. Yeah, I mean, everybody who was on it is off it. Chris Ash, ACC. I mean, you gotta get rid of Chris Ash. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's working. I, Should they get rid of Randy think, now since they're giving up the most points ever since World War One? Absolutely they're, not. He can stay there for as long yeah, as he they're likes. They're not gonna get rid of him. Fedora, they stink. They are not a good football team, and I think he could be on the hot seat. I think he has to be. Petrino, Petrino's on the hot seat, for sure. Yeah. Ash, as you said. Lovey. Three and three, though. I don't know. I, I don't think, think so. No? I don't think so. Clay Helton? Clay Helton, I do believe, is on at least a warm seat, but... If they win more games, they you can't get rid of them. So, so I don't think I don't coaches, think so. so that, 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 that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. When you think about hot seat, and you're like, most of these guys just started, so you can't get like Willie Taggart. They're a disaster, but you can't get rid of Willie Taggart. How about this? We 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 keep saying Florida State's a disaster, and I was looking this up for my fantasy stuff this week, which is taking an enormous amount of time out of my weekend. You know what? I figured it would. <laughs> How about this? DeAndre Francois, the only quarterback in the ACC who has more touchdown passes than him is Anthony Brown at Boston College. Other than that, he is second in the he is second in the conference in passing yards and has just as many touchdowns as anyone else other than Anthony Brown. And we're talking about, you know, Florida State's a disaster, their offense sucks and they're a joke and this and that, whatever else. He's he's actually putting up really decent numbers. They just can't run the ball, and Cam Akers and Jacquez Patrick 
have terrible numbers, but Cam Akers a bust? No, Cam Akers is not a bust. Florida State's year. offensive line is Florida State's offensive line is a bust. Well, we know they're, that, they're, but I mean, Cam Akers was number three in the country. But is Najee Harris a bust? Uh, they don't run the ball. There It'll be a first round draft. They don't run the ball. I mean, they run the ball at Florida State. They try, but they don't run the ball in Alabama. And at Alabama, they have Damian Harris, Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs. So that that those numbers get split up pretty pretty well. And and why throw the ball with? Are you worried about Tua Tonga Vailoa's knee sprain? Well, no, I'm not. And, and that's the thing. I think the running backs were so excited that Tua left the game because <laughs> they actually got to carry the ball because Jalen Hurts can't throw. I think that's yeah. the problem. I mean, we expected when we, you know, obviously ranked Damian Harris as a five-star, and we didn't, we didn't rank him based on where he was going. Same with Najee Harris, but we certainly fully expected them to be the Derrick Henry Alabama and not what we're seeing yeah. now. And under Jalen Hurts, no. they're the Derrick Henry Alabama. So, you know, Tua is not going to miss much time. Nick Saban already said it's the same injury. It's nothing big. Didn't bring him back because he didn't need to. But, no, he'll be fine. But I'll tell you what, you want to talk about a guy who came back, Damian Harris, and his stock has dropped like crazy because he's just not carrying the ball much at all. Yeah, he's not. He's not. And I wonder, you know, with running backs, they always say it's kind of good that they're not carrying the ball in college because no mileage and all that kind of stuff. I wonder... You know, if Nick Saban goes to the NFL and says this guy's legit and NFL guys will test them and do all their stuff, I wonder if his stock will drop all that much. It's almost like you want to go to Alabama so you don't get hit too hard in college and get run into the ground um, and then go and be a first-round draft pick and be fresh. Yeah, I don't know if it, if it works that way, though. You know, I don't. he's certainly not going to be a first-rounder. Um, no. You know, but... He's hurt his stock because that's the first contract you get. That's It's not your big money contract. The second one always is. But certainly, if you follow the second round, you lose a ton of money. And I think coming back, he wouldn't have been a first rounder this past year anyway. So I guess it doesn't matter much. But I thought Damian Harris, as I picked him in my fantasy football league, was going to have a huge year. <laughs> and that just didn't work out. But there are no hot seat guys as we look over and over again. I mean, Paul Johnson, he's not on the hot seat. They stink, but they're not going to get rid of him. The hot seat was so active last year, I think we need to take a little bit of a break well, this, this year. Well, this year there will be a break. Cause what, what, how many coaching changes were there? 13? Yeah, I think 13. Like yeah. Power, Power five, five, right? Alone. So yeah. I think you need to slow it down a little bit. But uh, but Gus, Gus is up there. Gus is definitely hurting himself and... As upset he's, as he was at his, the way his team played, I think people are getting a little bit tired of his, uh, you know, the way he's coaching this team. So I think we can end it. All right. Well, let me remind everybody of our Twitter handles. You can follow us on Twitter at Rivals Mike, at Adam Gorney, and at Real Dave Barry. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. So with that, we will see everybody again next week. <laughs>